Hello and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. Today we're looking at the issue of hydrology, which is an important part of the energy mix across Europe, not least in the Nordic region where it forms a major part of how electricity is produced. It's a great honor to have Eilert Ellefsen with us today. Welcome, Eilert. Hello, thank you, uh, Also known as Mr. Hydrology. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> according to Hugo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hugo, your boss. Um, Eilert uh, has been covering this market for many years, and now he, he recently joined Energy Quantified, who has offices just next door to us in Montel. Also joining me is Gert over Mollestad, who is our Nordic reporter. Welcome to you, Gert. Hello, thank you. If I can start off, Eilert, and talk about the Nordic region... What's happening in terms of hydrology at the moment here? You know, reservoir levels, rainfall, yeah. what's happened to the snow in the mountains, etc. Yes, what has happened, we saw by uh, first weeks of uh, May, a very strong uh, inflow period due to uh, mild weather, mm-hmm. high temperatures. And now it's been more cold, so the inflow level has been um, more moderate, or quite low for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but snow levels are we think to the, according to EQ uh, numbers and uh, comparing to NVE the snow reservoir level mm-hmm. about NVE that's the that's the Nordic Ministry or the um, yeah, yeah. The, regulator the regulator the yeah. regulator yeah. exactly yeah so there we have numbers around uh, between fifteen and twenty terawatt hours deficit in snow mm-hmm. in Norway in snow in snow mm-hmm. and snow and soil so, okay so the the, the high the hydro deposits in the snow in the snow as well as the, the the snow above it yeah because yes and the um the reservoir levels are close to normal uh, after this uh, strong inflow incident uh, start of may if we look to sweden we had the same uh, inflow incident there a very strong first part of may uh, and then um, the, the reservoir levels are close to normal at the moment uh, but the snow level are still a bit lower than normal, I think mm-hmm. about 5 terawatt hours, something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think overall we have something around 20 terawatt hours deficit in the Nordic region. Deficit compared to normal mm-hmm. level? Compared to normal level. Mm-hmm. Okay. And most of this, or nearly everything, is uh, related to snow and soil. Uh, uh, content. Is this also what you're hearing in the market at the moment, Gert? Well, I think there are some reports that are, that are stating a bit more positive outlook, that mm-hmm. there's a, a bit more hydropower reserves in the system, uh, mm-hmm. so I've seen around a deficit around 10 terawatt hours, mm-hmm. I'm not, but there, it might depend that different analysts use different norms, so they refer to different historical backgrounds, so mm-hmm. th- that might be an ex- explanation why the figures varies quite a lot mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, but there's def- definitely a large deficit in the snow reservoirs and you can the, per, the figures from the the regulator states that the reservoir levels are about normal or a, or a bit above normal energy stored mm-hmm. in snow if you like so, yeah, and, and and then and then the, the energy stored in reservoirs mm-hmm. there is some deficit compared to recent years yeah, so how, how, how does it compare to, to recent years then good well we had a severe drought last year which really pushed up prices during summer, and that deficit kind of lagged around all, lasted all through the year, mm-hmm. even though it was a major inflow in last autumn. Mm-hmm. So and so we have been on the negative side all through this winter, more or less. Is that a view you share? Here, yes, yes, of course we see these numbers historically, mm. and I think for last year, uh, quite interesting that uh, we had a very dry Q2 period. Mm-hmm. It started. Also dry Q3, mm-hmm. but the, but the winter and the snow reservoirs uh, in uh, last year was quite higher, I think. 
So it depends on the sort of situation for the summer now. It's very dependent on the precipitation. Mm-hmm. We are very uh, sensitive for a dry period if it mm-hmm. happens again. Mm-hmm. Then we already have this deficit of let's say 15, 20 terawatt hours if you if we compare other sources. Then I think this is <laughs> represent an import situation for mm-hmm. the Nordic uh, system. Okay, so. If there is no rain which will boost or bring the deficit up to towards zero, uh, then we're in for a period of high prices then for the rest of the year in the Nordic region. I mean, that, okay. Yes, and how, how strong these prices will be depends also on the uh, hydropower situation across Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's also a dry period, as we saw last summer in, mm. uh, in the CWE area, mm. prices, uh, German and French prices increases, mm. and then uh, we'll see more or less the same prices in the Nordic region. We'll come back to the European mm. markets later, but if we stick in the Nordic region, and what's uh, um, looking out the window, it seems quite dry at the moment, but there have been forecasts of much wetter weather, certainly May has been quite wet. Uh, what's your view here? I know you're not a meteorologist, no, but I have uh, not really uh, followed the long-term forecast uh, mm-hmm. lately. But uh, if you look to prices, uh, mm-hmm. uh, how they have come out uh, in May, Nordic and uh, European prices, or the German prices, have been cl- quite close to each other. Mm-hmm. At we, what kind of levels? Th- I think about thirty-five. Thirty-five. Uh, yeah. Euro, this, this, this is the spot prices. Yeah. 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 Spot mm-hmm. prices. So, yeah. uh, and if we look to. Uh, out, let's say market uh, prices, they um, are still in favor of higher uh, German prices, mm-hmm. but this can easily be turned around or come close to each other. Okay, yeah. Mm. Uh, get yeah. with you. Yeah, we got a, a new four week forecast uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and which stated that there might be a possibility for a blocking high pressure system over the Nordic region mm-hmm. from 10th of June. Okay. So if we uh, if we are to enter a really dry period, then prices in the Nordic re- region would really go up. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, the, the short term forecasts are quite wetter than normal, but mm-hmm. they are only covering the next ten days. So mm-hmm. if we if the long term signal of a shift to a dry pattern, that mm. that might be bullish for prices, obviously. Yeah, and and should we have a repetition of the drought we saw last year, that would mm. be really. <laughs> an upside potential to <laughs> say, yeah, yeah. unlike uh, many others yeah, exactly so and so it'd be a nice for for people living in norway maybe a dry hot summer but uh, in terms of electricity prices maybe not so not so good no but for the trade yeah it's, there's a i think there's a saying among norwegian power traders there that there's nothing better than two dry years in a row mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah so this is made this is you know potentially we're we're going there and, and what's the market saying in terms of how high prices could go or uh, what the impact could be? Gert, I mean, if yeah, I could start with well, you. The latest days prices have come down a bit. So we are so the forward, forward prices. For, forward, for, forward. Uh, yeah. and so for Q3 and yeah, Q4. Yeah, yeah. And the June contract are trading currently at 35.25, a bit mm-hmm. down today. And mm-hmm. the Q3 contract are at 37. Which is for Norwegian and for Nordic prices, this is quite high. Mm. For summer prices, they usually tend to be quite low due mm. to the low demand. So, so, so they clearly are priced in a bit. There's the premium there towards potentially a dry, mm. uh, a dry, uh, dry or, summer, or at least coming from a higher level mm. due to the relatively poor hydro stocks. Of course, mm. yeah, absolutely. Eilert, is this how, how you view it as well? Yeah, and I think um, I don't think we should frighten so very strong prices even in in the Nordic region, even by a rather dry uh, period. But I think uh, if temperatures are getting really high, 
with the reparation, then it can really spike also in the German market. Mm -hmm. But if the German market doesn't really spike, I, mm. don't, I think we have a kind of a roof there on the Nordic prices. They mm. won't get so much higher e than the German prices. So the, the German prices will cap yeah, the Nordic ones. Cap yeah, the Nordic prices. Yeah. The German prices are then kept, uh, let's say, at a rather moderate level. We mm. also see quite moderate level in the Nordic prices. So let's say maybe if we look to market prices of today, see prices of 38, 39 maybe. For what? For, for the Nordic market for if they yeah, okay. equalizes or equals the um, German prices as we see today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they've got a bit of an upside there potentially. Uh, quite limited, uh, yeah. but if then yeah. the German prices spikes, mm -hmm. then we can see something else. Exactly, then mm -hmm. we're going, they're going in a different dimension yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. What I can hear from both of you is that, you know, it, Given a dry period, then the Nordic region will be very reliant on imports. Obviously. Yeah, so no, yeah, don't exactly. about that. Yeah. Moving on to the European situation and the Central European situation, there's what, what's, what's happening there, Eilert? I mean, this is, these are also markets that are quite sensitive to hydrology and that has a big impact on the price formation, specifically in, in France, Switzerland, Austria, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, because there you have a combination of, let's say, uh, precipitation and temperature. Mm -hmm. So let's say the bullish situation, you have a low, a low precipitation, but the impact of high temperature mm -hmm. means maybe more. Mm -hmm. Because what you see for France, for example, if the rivers uh, are declining their levels, you don't have the cooling uh, possibility to nuclear plants and mm -hmm. have then the, the price effect on this. Mm. So there's not only, let's say, pure hydropower impact of low inflows and high temperatures. But also impact on the thermal, uh, thermal output, thermal, thermal, thermal output yeah, at, yeah. at both coal plants and nuclear in France. And, and we also yeah. seen that on the coal import along the Rhine, for example. Mm -hmm. I think this was really severe last year. I think the Rhine level are not that low today. I'm not so... I have all these details today. But what is... Um, if you look to uh, France, for example, and the snow situation there at the end of April was rather low mm -hmm. at uh, 25 uh, percentile. Mm -hmm. So one or four years uh, were lower. Mm -hmm. So, But then during May, we had some strong precipitation periods, mm -hmm. particularly first part of May, across the Alps, in fact. And this came as rain or as snow? Uh, snow, because snow, rain. a rather low temperature for some period. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think also France has now improved their snow situation, so mm -hmm. not so close from normal. Mm -hmm. But uh, Switzerland... Below normal or...? or uh, they, they are no, let's around, say, around, around normal. normal, around normal okay. Nearly reach normal. This is my interpretation. I have all the details. But yeah. uh, if you look to Switzerland, mm -hmm. which have had very strong precipitation during the winter mm -hmm. and also had a very strong precipitation period the uh, first part of May. They have uh, some regions, they have 150 to 200 percentage of normal snow. Okay, so ice. it's still possible to go skiing maybe in yeah, Switzerland. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, that's true, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. But I think you have to go above 2,500 meters. Okay, yeah. Uh, mm. So I think Switzerland, you know, have a, a warm period, then mm. the inflows can be quite strong. Mm -hmm. So you can have a quite a sudden impact of increased hydropower. Which would then impact the spot prices. Yeah, and have in, a reduction in, in spot prices. That would be my next question. What would be the impact on these higher snow levels in both France and Switzerland on prices in these markets or in neighbouring markets even? 
in, in the coming weeks and months? Of course, this is uh, a bearish uh, information. Mm. And this also um, means that uh, if you get a dry period, you still have some decent, quite decent snow levels. Mm. So you will have inflows and melting mm. water from these areas, mm. which means that it takes a while before you... If you get uh, low river levels in France, for example, mm. you won't get that in June. Maybe you have to wait until July mm. If, mm. if you get a dry period now. It okay. will take a while. It will take a while to hit. But these markets are also... So there is a run of river production uh, in, these, in these countries, but there's also reservoirs. How, how do these two interact in the French and Swiss markets? Yeah, this is much more... Let's say uh, the Rhone River share is much higher in France. Mm -hmm. In Switzerland, you have uh, this is the country with the reservoirs uh, mm. in Europe. Mm. So you have, uh, I would say, Austria with the Danube. Mm. You have Rhone River, very mm. uh, Rhone River influenced, mm. and you also France is quite uh, Rhone River. Thinking and Germany? Uh, Germany, okay, it's uh, only Rhone River. Yeah, more okay, less. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> but so, yeah. it doesn't mean so much. Yeah, uh, so I think it's the impact from the other countries: mm -hmm. uh, France, Switzerland, and Austria. So this could have a bearish influence on spot prices in these markets in June, you would if say? You, in the first, uh, let's say, impact, if you get a, m a warm period, you have strong melting, mm -hmm. and then you have a bearish impact. Yeah. But later on, okay, everything can happen. Yeah. But I think uh, you won't have a bullish impact from hydropower uh, from Europe uh, before, uh, potentially, end of June. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it will... So it could could to be July and August yeah, when it could start think, to hit a bit yeah, more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. How does that compare to recent years in these markets? I mean, often, you know, it seems to be a recurring problem, certainly in France and a little bit in Germany, that you have low river levels and also uh, high temperatures in these rivers. Mm. Yeah, I think it uh, can happen in uh, July, where mm. uh, because if you come into August, you also have the vacation period in France, don't mm. have that strong consumption. Mm. So if you can reach high temperature already in July, or let's say in July and low river levels, there you have price spikes in July, mm -hmm. which will be, will be not so, uh, let's say, apparent mm. in, in, in August. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, have you done any, uh, looked at any of the current river levels like the Rhone or the Rhine or even the uh, Vistula in, in, in Po? I mean, these, these were historically have been quite low in recent years. I mean, down to 40, 50 centimeters. Yeah, and uh, I think um, it's the Rhone and the Rhine. Uh, which are the most interesting, which I see is more sensitive for, mm -hmm. let's say, because you have the impact of coal transport along the Rhine mm -hmm. as, uh, and in the Rhone and uh, neighboring rivers in France, you have uh, cooling water from two nuclear plants, which is an additional impact from mm -hmm. no hydropower. And I know that you guys at EQ are, are looking at this data quite closely yeah, and potentially will, uh, going, going public with some of it soon. <laughs> mm. You will have this information uh, from EDF, for example, yeah, uh, okay. and uh. from the uh, German Ministry of uh, Hydrology or Meteorology. The, the information on river levels and temperatures is quite public, it's quite easily accessible in mm. Germany. In France, less so, certainly for temperatures. I, I think EDF is very good at yeah. publishing when there are problems, but uh, they don't give an indication of, of what the actual river temperatures are or levels. What's going on in Spain, for example? That's a neighbouring market to France, I learned. And that's had maybe a bit of a boost in uh, this year? Uh, yeah, uh, but in general, I would say hydropower in Spain, summertime, is very low. Mm. because of strong evaporation, mm. the precipitation profiles, you don't get that much precipitation 
in Spain uh, in the Q2, Q3. Mm. So uh, I think the strong variations in hydropower in uh, in Spain, uh, you see that in Q, uh, Q4 and Q1. Okay, but uh, because that's so the, the, the inflow levels are so low during summertime course, that uh, yeah. if you run the calculations of this, you mm. uh, very easily come to negative inflows. They're mm. so low. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think uh, with the reservoirs, you have this uh, storage capacity. So uh, I don't think uh, it's more in France, uh, in, in Spain, if it gets very dry and hot, it's more water supply than hydropower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they're looking yeah. for. That. And for also for, for, for irrigation and for yeah, agriculture, yeah. That, that comes first rather than, yeah. the, uh, the, than the hydro production. Absolutely. We haven't touched on another country which is very you know very where hydro hydrology is very important and that's austria um have you had a look at austria at all because that's important also for the for the more the southern parts of europe and and, and, and yeah. the balkan region it's uh, it's the danube uh, level mm-hmm. uh, honestly i have these details of danube but in austria are in a way divided between uh, the alpine system mm-hmm. and uh, the, the danube run river system mm-hmm. so for me it looks like uh, you can have a rather normal outlooks currently for the Danube mm. but uh, it's very important also for the let's say the, the Balkan system what, mm. what's happened with the Danube and uh, but I don't see any let's say um, strong variations from normal mm-hmm. uh, in, in the outlooks at the moment and I think uh, you can for example you have these climatic variations you can have a very strong a very high temperature and dry period uh, south and uh, mm. north of the Alps Mm. which you don't see in the Balkan region because there's another climatic zone. So you can have quite different situations north and south of the Alps. So if you have a very warm period south of the Alps, also you have this uh, normally uh, in in the Balkan region. Mm. So I think north and south of the Alps, uh, you can see quite different development. Mm. What should the market be focusing on now in terms of hydrology, both in the Nordic region and in, you know, in more central Western Europe, what are the, the key elements that uh, obviously weather forecasts and the signs of precipitation and, <laughs> and the forecast of precipitation, a little bit of a tricky word there, a little bit of a tongue twister. Uh, but what, what do you think, Yaila? What, what are the key elements that we should be looking out for? Uh, I think for the Nordic region, it's, a, it's the precipitation. And mm. I think for June, I think temperature across uh, Europe will mm. be very interesting. Mm. If you have high temperature, you have a faster uh, melting uh, process mm. and then uh, July uh, everything can happen then in July yeah I think that's uh, uh, precipitation in Nordic and uh, maybe temperature in the Alp region mm-hmm. uh, for the next month not the other way around no I think because you have the upside in prices okay uh, yeah of yeah. course when you have high temperature in the Alps more melting you won't let's say give a bullish um, impact on spot prices mm. but that can come later and in the Balkan region, uh, always very sensitive for both a dry and uh, a wet uh, period. Mm. Uh, if you have uh, strong variations from normal, mm. prices will really follow mm. the hydropower situation. And I think what I focused on when I focus on prices in the Balkan region, focus on the price difference Austria-Hungary. Mm. If you have strong hydropower, Hungarian prices are low. That means the Balkan prices are low mm. level. Mm. Price differences uh, to... Austria will increase, mm. and if you have uh, limited uh, hydropower across mm. the Balkan, you have stronger Hungarian prices, mm. and 
and then uh, more limited the price difference to Austria. And Gert, uh, do you agree with this view of what to look for in, in the Nordic region? I mean, are there any other elements that you think we should be uh, aware of? Or well, it, it's of course mainly weather driven, especially in Norway and uh, partly in Sweden as well. And mm. uh, but then you had um, you have had this massive build of wind power, mm. which kind of reduces the dependency of hydropower in the Nordic. So 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 even though we might have a deficit of ten or perhaps 20 mm. terawatt hours, yeah. the, the situation is not that strained due to mm. the high amount of wind power. So, mm. so, so the system, it, it would, a couple of years ago, it would be much more severe mm. with uh, a deficit of 20 terawatt hours than it is today due to the, to the high wind power in feed. Mm. But then again, this is also weather driven. So yeah. if you have mm. a really nice weather, hot, warm, dry, yeah. no wind, no wind. <laughs> yeah. so then, then you have a kind of this accumulating effect. So, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Is this something you've modelled, the impact of wind uh, on the hydrogen, how the two interact at all? Of course, uh, <laughs> yeah. I would say the equilibrium of yeah. the hydropower uh, level, what, let's say earlier we had at uh, hydropower balance uh, or uh, hydrological balance like zero, then the system, the Nordic system was in balance. Now we can say minus 10 or maybe minus mm. 15 mm. because mm. you have more uh, wind power, but it also depends on, of course, the nuclear capacity. Mm. So it's not only increased wind power. If uh, So I haven't really calculated how this mm. equilibrium uh, level point of hydrological balance has moved mm -hmm. from, let's say, zero. Is it now minus 10 mm -hmm. with the same, let's say, balance as we had uh, at zero? In 2005, for example, mm. uh, that could be uh, interesting to make a study of, but I haven't really made that. Mm. And we have seen now that uh, some Swedish and Finnish reactors has they have come back uh, on schedule after maintenance period. So mm. the uh, nuclear uh, production is quite strong in mm. the Nordic region. Mm. So that is kind of a factor that is not mm, bullish. It's clearly there's some concern of the low snow. Uh, reservoirs because I, I talked to a CEO of a quite large Norwegian utility last mm. week and mm. I asked him if he was happy with the situation with the relatively high prices and he said yes of course it's high prices but when you don't have that much water to produce what good do they do mm, exactly high so mm. so it's um, yeah the situation is a bit mixed you could say yeah mm. strained and a bit mixed mm. yeah and I think uh, yeah it's the same situation I think you're seeing in France and in Germany where you know, nuclear availability looks good at this point, but uh, as you say, Eilert, uh, should should we have lower water levels and and high temperatures in July, that that situation could change quite quickly. Mm. So, Eilert, thank you very much for taking us on a tour yeah. of hydrology from the Balkans <laughs> up to Sweden and down to Spain. Very very informative, excellent. And Gert, thank you very much for your input. So please uh, remember to follow us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and you get all the latest news on hydrology uh, on Montel News and also on. EQ. Thank you very much. Goodbye.